to let me know Should I stay or should I go Hello everybody and welcome back to Hardly Committed Season 1, Episode 10 And today we have a lot of recruiting to talk about If you're not in this for the basketball recruiting Feel free to skip ahead, head on back to the Annex, where we will be talking about the FIRE episode of The Office, Season 2, Episode 4 for The FIRE, uh, if you remember a classic episode, but we will get to that a little bit later on the show. For now, Nick, I think easily, with the exception of some commitments, commitments are a big deal, a lot to talk about on commitments, but uh, in terms of just newsworthy stuff, a jam-packed week for Kentucky basketball recruiting offers and visits and not necessarily new names, but some relatively new names making some big news. A lot going on, Nick Roush, and I can't wait to talk about it. A lot of stuff happening around the Big Blue Nation, and let's quit wasting time. Let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Again, I'm PJ Walker. My producer is Nick Roush. We are hardly committed on the KSR family of podcasting. As always, we're going to ask you to subscribe. Please leave a review. Do it again if you if you don't mind, and uh, that really helps us out, and, and, and we do appreciate that. So I guess I think the place we probably should start, the, peop- the, the place that people are talking the most about is what in the world is going on with Isaiah Stewart in Kentucky because things seem to be moving fast, and they seem to be moving in the right direction. Hot and heavy. Yeah. Very hot and heavy. Yeah, Kentucky doesn't make – so, like, you know, I always like to use relationship analogies, but Kentucky breaks up or, – or Kentucky probably, I guess, theoretically gets dumped by Isaiah Stewart back in the spring. They weren't showing him enough attention, weren't texting him enough, texting right. him when he woke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those things, not literally. Again, I'm still going with the relationship analogy. And that seemed like that. Isaiah Stewart seemed to be a Duke lean at that point. Michigan State also seemed to be in a good spot. Villanova seemed to be in an all right spot. But it wasn't going to be Kentucky. Well, as Kentucky looks at its big situation in 2019 and continues to realize we are going to need to replace this entire front court, I think Calipari just had a wise idea of, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to reach back out and see if we, there's anything we can do. They got the big dog, Kenny Payne, to go with them. And just a little short while afterwards, Isaiah Stewart's going to be coming down to Lexington this weekend for his official visit. Huge deal. I mean, just from the sense that he only gets five of these official visits to begin with. And you have schools that have been recruiting him for years. And he's going to say, oh, okay, Kentucky, you came in and saw me for an in-home visit. Yeah, I'll I'll return the favor and, and come down to Lexington for an official visit. Just a short time afterwards is a massive, massive coup for John Calipari and his staff. I mean, that just speaks volumes to Cal's impact in the recruiting circles and what he's capable of doing. Um, and and I think it should also be noted, too, like this is no chump. I think he's the number five overall player in the he's, class. He's really good. Yeah. He's, you know, for comparison's sake, everybody – and how many times have I said this on this podcast that this isn't accurate, but James Wiseman is the stretch big who is has a great touch around the rim but is more efficient taking people outside. Vernon Carey is the bull. He stays inside, not as good outside. Like, those things are – you can do the inverse on all of them. Like, Vernon Carey is good from the outside, and James Wiseman is still good on the block. But Isaiah Stewart truly is kind of good in both areas. Like – 
he is right there with those other players in terms of being the best bigs in the class. And, and, and I think if you look at his body, he's physically more advanced than a James Wiseman, not so much than a Vernon Carey, but he's longer and he's a better shot blocker. And I, and I think probably a better defender. So I love his game. I, I think he's, he's phenomenal. And I think that when we talk about, well, Kentucky, they like Oscar Shoeboy. We'll talk more, but we'll talk about all these guys. They like Oscar Shoeboy. Jaden McDaniel, how does he fit in? Who's uh, another big that I'm forgetting? Zeke Njai, they, they like him as well. But their main targets are James Wiseman, Vernon Carey, and Matthew Hurt. Those are their big three. Well, it's time to move Isaiah Stewart into that category with those four. And and maybe even Oscar Shoeboy, to be honest with you. They really, really like Oscar Shoeboy. Aiden Igihan, again, I've been I've been saying it for a long time that I don't think he's an option for Kentucky. Then Tony Barbie and Calipari went and visited him. Made me look like a goober. But then again, he still hasn't made an official visit to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually probably going to pull the plug. Going to be a Mojito Mac? I think he's going to be a Mojito Mac kind of guy. Chris Mack uh, is doing well, and I think he may land Iggy Hon. But the, Isaiah uh, Stewart needs to be thought of in the same category as a Matthew Hurt, as a James Wiseman, as a Vernon Carey. Kentucky really likes Oscar Shoeboy. He's not as talented as those guys, but the way he plays, how hard he plays, how strong he is, puts him at least in the same category. So – uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But the Isaiah Stewart news, he will be visiting. Let me say this about the official visits for this weekend. I talked with uh, the co- for, for Tom Droney, who's been on this podcast before. He told me that Oscar Shubway will get into Lexington on Saturday night. Does that mean he'll be able to make it for the football game? I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. But his official visit will kind of be a Sunday through Tuesday sort of deal, and he'll just be getting in a night early. So he may have to pay for his hotel room that night or something along those lines. I'm not 100% sure how that's going to work out. Isaiah Stewart's will be Friday through Sunday. So the two will only be there together for a short amount of time, which some people have asked me what I what I make of that. What I would say is it's not really a big deal, and hell, both of them are going to get plenty of individual attention. Both of them are going to watch UK practice. Both are probably going to have the chance to – to play some pickup with the guys if they if they find that interesting uh, for them if they if that's something that they want to do and I'm sure both of them probably will and boy Reed Travis versus Oscar Shubway matchups Whew, man that will be uh, that will be mm. intense so that's how the visits will shake out they both won't be it won't be like a Friday to Sunday thing for both of them where they're going to be arm in arm everywhere they go on campus they're going to get their own individual attention I think that's important so that's how the visits for for this weekend will shake out. And with Isaiah Stewart and Oscar Shubway, he will visit West Virginia the following weekend. And that will, I've said for a long time, that visit really is going to scare me. I think Kentucky right now is the team to beat for Shubway. I just worry the heartstrings could be pulled on that Morgantown visit. We'll have to wait and see. We'll talk about that. We'll preview that next week and talk about it the, the following week. Isaiah Stewart thinks could move somewhat quickly here. I think he really, really likes Kentucky. And what I have been told is that he is taking this – and by the way, you're getting crystal ball picks in. Brian Snow, who formerly was scout, now with 24-7. When it comes to, like, Indiana recruiting, that's the guy you need to listen to. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that Stewart goes to Kentucky. Oh. That's a that's a huge, huge crystal ball pretty prediction. pretty quick, too. And it is quick. And here's what I was told. is I was like, man, how did, was Kentucky able to make up so much ground on Isaiah Stewart in such a short amount of time? And I was told Isaiah Stewart – is wise beyond his years. No, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's looking at this as, and he's uh, from Rochester, now plays at La Lemire in Indiana. By the way, I've been to Rochester, New York. 
I'd want to leave and go to middle of nowhere, Indiana, too. No disrespect to the fine people of Rochester. It's a nice little town, but it's a little town. It's a little town. Uh, I went there for a soccer game and their soccer stadium, and they no longer have a team right now, which is kind of sad. They built this beautiful soccer stadium, but they put it in, like, what they called their bad part of town. So there's, like, barbed wire fence around the stadium. I was like, eh. Probably not a good idea. Not, not a good idea. And you wonder why maybe the stadium didn't uh, – didn't work out and the team didn't work out there but anyways he's no longer living in rochester i think the hometown school that he could potentially maybe go to would was he even considering syracuse anymore i don't even know i wouldn't want to go play two three zone for a booger picker yeah yeah he really is a booger picker probably syracuse syracuse is still on his list villanova too not too terribly far away anyways i don't think he's going to go to to either one of those schools uh but Anywho, I was told that he's looking at this. Yeah, Kentucky was late to to get back into the hunt. And Kentucky, other schools have shown him more love. But the way he's looking at this is that Kentucky's going to be losing their entire front court. And they want him to come in and be the guy, or maybe one of two guys, if they were to get James Wiseman or Vernon Carey or somebody along those lines. He's like, I'd be an idiot not to look at that. I'd be an idiot to pass that up. I mean, I could have maybe 25 to 30 minutes a game and be in a same similar position as a Vernon Carey or no, excuse me, a DeMarcus Cousins or an Anthony Davis or a Carl Anthony Towns. Like shit worked out for them just all right. Mm-hmm. I need to look at this as the same way. He is. So when we talk about and we already talked about it with Oscar Shuboy, head versus heart decisions, and we'll talk about it here in a moment with Scotty Lewis. Uh it's just a head decision for Isaiah Stewart. There's no heart. He's not going to get like emotionally invested in, well, they've been looking at me for a long time. I need to, the nice thing to do is to give them, to give them a chance. No, he's going to go to the place that is going to best prepare him for the NBA. And this is something that I've mentioned, but it was told to me specifically. So I need to say it. He wants to go to a place that not only will get him to the NBA fast, but will allow him to be really good when he gets to the NBA. He don't want to go there and sit the bench. He don't want to have to, you know, go flirt around with the G League. Here's the thing about these top 10, top 15 recruits. Almost all of them to some capacity could be a one and done and have NBA deals. But which one of them or which one of those players are going to actually have a chance to thrive in the NBA when they enter the league and then that number becomes much smaller. Right. So that's the deal with Isaiah Stewart. Let's talk uh, – oh, by the way, our guest today is Jaden McDaniel's trainer, Clint Parks. Excited to have him on because Jaden McDaniels is a recruitment that I haven't known much about. A lot of people don't know much about. Maybe it's the West Coast, Seattle, Pacific Northwest. You just don't hear as many rumblings coming from there. So we get a much better look inside his recruitment, why things have been quiet, and where Kentucky stands. So I think you're going to enjoy that. And that will handle our, you know, I like to touch all the bases. That will handle our our Jaden McDaniels. So we don't need to talk about him right now because we'll have an whole interview. Did you know that the West Coast is the best coast? I disagree with that. I'm much more of an East Coast fella. I've never been to the West Coast, so I couldn't tell you. Never? Nope. Uh, the only time I've been west of the Mississippi, St. Louis a couple times, and then a uh, uh, family trip to Colorado, Colorado Springs. Mm, yeah. Nice. I've been. Uh, I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. Have been to L.A. and San Francisco. Love San Francisco. Top five favorite city for me. Uh, although I haven't been there in like 10 years and supposedly everything, like if you want to get a beer, it's like $12. I'm so. doing uh, Green Canyon next summer. So oh. That'll be fun. My sister lives very close to it. So well, If you wanted to just see a big hole in the ground, I could dig something up for you. By all means. Start her up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, enough geography. Scotty talk. Lewis. Scotty Lewis. So. Because here's the thing, folks. 
I've got to I've got to defend my turf here because some there were many haters out there who were trying to discount my dot connecting. All right, I'm not the expert on this show, but when I saw Joel Justice tweeting out a wildcat, maybe a tiger when Tiger Woods. I mean, playing. it was a tiger. And when I saw Scotty Lewis wearing Kentucky Wildcat shorts, bada boom, bada bang. You thought it was a done deal. Done deal. And I'm, 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 you know what? I'm calling it. You might not, but I am. Scotty Lewis. Kate. So, here's the deal, Scotty Lewis. I was told on a Monday Insider Notes, hopefully you're reading those on Monday on Kentucky Sports Radio, that there would be no decision this week. A lot of people thought, all right, it's probably coming. You know, Especially he's taking he his official visit. about to pop off. Yeah, and he says he's about to pop. Well, he actually didn't say that. I think he said, like, a decision coming soon or something like that, or I think I'm ready, or it's about that time. I was the one that said he was about to pop. And the people thought I accidentally said poop. I didn't say poop. So, do you, <laughs> do you eat some spicy food or? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so no, no decision this week. Of course, you know how this podcast works, Nick. We'll get off here and he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll make a decision, and this yeah. will all be thrown away. But uh, Scotty Lewis wore Kentucky shorts and pickup games. I don't think really that's really all that big of a di- big deal. Wore Kentucky jersey on the beach. I don't really think that's all that big of a deal. Obviously, you don't know recruiting. But you connect these. But, you you know, like there is something about that. Like to do right. those things, I don't think he's a troll. I don't think he's a troll type. I don't think he's trying to get people in the – in it, to get to, – to, I don't know, to build them up to let them down, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I'll, And I'll say this. I don't think he's trolling, but what if that was a Florida jersey that he posts on Instagram? And what if he was balling out in, in Florida shorts? Then I would think he's going to Florida. Kentucky fans would freak out. They'd be like, all right, cross him off the list. Are we getting any other guards, or are we just going to roll with what we got? Like, they would be. You know that. Yeah, and yeah. and, and I, I would, to be quite frank with you, I would get it, and I would understand it. Now, that being said, they were Kentucky shorts, and it was a Kentucky jersey. And he was riding high after the Kentucky visit, and Florida was the one who got scared. And you saw crystal ball picks flip in Kentucky's direction, or foggy, as you would have it. Um, I think Kentucky still leads. The longer this goes on, though, I don't know if it's necessarily good news for Kentucky. I don't know if it's bad news. But, like, I would have liked to see a commitment last week or early this week because I would have thought, you know what, I saw what I needed to see. I went to Florida. I went to Kentucky. Kentucky was just better. I'm ready to go. Now he's kind of waiting a little bit longer. The good feelings and the good vibes for Kentucky will slowly start to fade. Now that's not to say that that means Florida will jump back towards the lead. I just think the the sooner maybe the better for Scotty Lewis, although I don't see this this thing going out too long either way. I still think Kentucky's the team to beat, uh, but we'll see. Again, the longer it goes, who knows how, how it all shakes out. But the Scotty Lewis stuff has been pretty fascinating. And I've really, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed that recruitment because there's been twists and turns, and it's been a, a really good time. All right, uh, in 2020, Kentucky offered Jalen Johnson from Wisconsin. He's a wing, really good player. So that becomes three players now they've offered in 2020. Isn't that the uh, guy who played for Dante. Uh, no, not that Jalen Johnson. This Different. one is this one's good at basketball. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, that that's not, how you know the difference. That's how you know the Not the good, different spelling in their names. Yeah, just, good, good Jalen Johnson versus U of L trash Jalen Johnson. Yes. Uh, okay, so they offered him. Nafali Dante also has an offer in 2020, and Scotty Barnes, who's another wing. So a little competition on the wing. I like Jalen Johnson a lot. Good score. Scotty Barnes is more of like the big, physical, long wing that is going to be really good defensively, really good in transition, really good on putbacks and stuff like that, but maybe not as – gifted with a skill set quite like Jalen Johnson. So kind of personal prefer- preference between those two. 
Uh, Kentucky's making the rounds and seeing these 2020 guys as well. So uh, all good stuff. Keon Brooks cut his list to six. I don't – Kentucky did make the cut. I still don't think Kentucky will land a commitment from him. And uh, as I mentioned, Jaden McDaniel's down to five, and Kentucky made that cut as well. And this is a good time to go, and let's talk about Jaden McDaniels with his trainer, Clint Parks, here on Hardly Committed. Now joining us on Hardly Committed is Clint Parks, Jaden McDaniels' trainer and also a, a trainer for CPSA Training. Clint, are you the owner, the founder, both? I, I know you, you play a huge role in that, and CPS Training has a lot of uh, big-name people that basketball fans across the country would recognize. Yeah, this is something I came up with. Actually, I was messing around a little bit, and I was just like, kind of said it, and then just took off with it, and just went from there. Who are who who are some people that have gone through CPS training or are still parts of it? I know uh, Cal Kuzma is a, a big one, and obviously with uh, some recruits and, and and some players in college basketball, Jaden McDaniels is going to be a star. And in due time, who are some other folks? Uh, I worked with Kawhi Leonard when he was in high school and college. Uh, Tony Snell with the Bucks right now. Um, Bronson Koenig, um, Trayvon Blewett. So I've had a, um, I've had a, obviously Jaden, Jaden and his older brother Jalen, who's at San Diego State, who I've worked with both of them. So I've had a chance to work with some pretty talented players over the years. It sounds like it, and uh, obviously it speaks volumes to what you're able to do. How does Jaden compare to, to some of these other guys? Obviously he's younger, and his body, he's going to get stronger, and he's going to get bigger, and he's going to get better. But as of right now, what stands out about Jaden that kind of makes him special since you've been around so many great basketball players? Um, I tell people all the time, Jaden is the, mo- Jaden is the most naturally gifted player that I've ever worked with. Um. He has a chance to be special, very, very special. Obviously, he has to um, keep rounding out his game, but he's someone I consider a late bloomer. Didn't play a lot his first two years of high school, came into his own this past year, and he's just now realizing just how good he can be. And that's also something that Coach Cal and Coach King Payne talk about as well. Um, that he just hasn't, he hasn't fully, he doesn't fully understand how good he is yet, and that's something that once he does, his game will go to another level. Clint, I want you to to tell me why I'm wrong, or or, or you can call me an idiot. You can do whatever you need to do. Watching Jaden in, in, in during the AAU summer circuit, you're right. The talent is unbelievable. Uh, he 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 really does play like a guard that is six foot eleven. In college, I have some concerns about how physical college can be because in the NBA, you can make the game as physical as you want. If you want to be a bruiser, you can be a bruiser. If you want to spread things out, you won't have to worry about contact and you can play your own game. There's a lot more space. College, the the physicality comes at you. And I worry a little bit about how Jaden McDaniels will fit into the college game. So tell me how he'll do that because uh, I know how gifted he is, and he likes to play with the ball in his hands, great with the ball in his hands, has a pretty shot, great handles for his size. Uh, how will he fit at the college level? I think he'll fit really well. It'll be a miss, it'll be a matchup nightmare just because of his versatility as far as his body goes. Um, he's getting stronger. Yeah. You know, like, 
his parents weren't in a rush. Nobody was in a rush to get him on a weight program because he's still growing. He's still filling out. You know, he's 17 years old, so he's going to get stronger. And toughness isn't a problem. It's just adding that strength and putting on some good weight. And, and that's, that'll continue to come with time. And obviously, you know, just you get to college, you're going to get coached. You're going to get coached harder. You're going to get pushed. And that's something that he needs and to um, help get his game to that level that he wants to. And he is down to just five schools right now, all west of the Mississippi, with the exception of Kentucky, Washington, UCLA, Texas, and San Diego State, where his brother plays. Like you mentioned, wherever he goes, he's going to be developed. He's going to play for a really good head coach and, and uh, will have a great chance and a great opportunity to enter the NBA early on in his career. Why those five schools? Can you kind of just briefly run through each of them? I know San Diego State, he's got a good relationship with the staff and his brother plays there. What about some of the other four schools on his list? Um, I just think as a whole, those are the schools that uh, that he felt comfortable, that he and the, his parents felt comfortable with. Um, they had good home visits. Um, he's built solid relationships uh, his, along with his parents with the coaching staff, and I think that was just um, something like, because he, he's not really big into the whole recruiting thing. Like, um, it hasn't been a circus, which has been good, because he's been able to focus on getting better, which is most important. But his mom was has really been on him. Like, you need to figure out your top five and cut this thing down and just kind of move forward. And, and so that's after they had the home visit. That's what he. Um, that's what he and his parents came came to the conclusion, and those are the five schools that he decided to roll with. What does he like about UK? Now he did say he grew up watching Kentucky, being a UK fan. Now he did kind of back off that this summer, saying, "Hey, just because I said I grew up liking Kentucky doesn't mean that that's where I'm going to go to college." And he says, as as of right now, he doesn't have any favorites or anything like that. That was, of course, a few months ago. But uh, what what does he like about UK and, and John Calipari and, and and what he's done with players similar to Jaden? I think he, I think he respects um, what Coach Cal has done. Um, helping players get to the next level um, very quick. And um, he knows that at Kentucky, just like the rest of these schools, that you're going to get pushed, you know. Coach Cal made it clear, like, you're going to get pushed every day. Like, the, we know you're talented and we know where you're at and where you could get, but it's not going to be easy. And, you know, he's a kid that um, that he's not afraid to work. That's, that's one thing that me and um, my partner – Cartier French Tony, a.k.a. Hot Bread. We always talk about him. Just It's going to be hard, and that's why we're, we're hard on you now because we're trying to prepare you for what's what's next. And here on Hardly Committed, we're talking to Clint Parks, the owner and founder of CPSA Training. He is Jaden McDaniels training, the five-star forward wing player, 6'11", 185 pounds from Federal Way, Washington, who is down to five schools, Kentucky, one of those schools. Uh, what did what did Calipari, you know, he said he's going to work him and do all that stuff. What was some of other parts of Calipari's message to, to Jaden McDaniels and his family when they came in for that in-home visit? Um, just more so giving them a chance to um, get to know him and um, just his vision and where, where, where he sees Jaden at how he sees him fitting into the program and uh, kind of what they do and 
more so just letting him know that um, just about the program as yeah. a whole, you know, from the academics to the workouts to the schedule to the rigors of it. And so that was good for the family to be able to hear that. We Down to five schools, you only get five official visits. That's changing now for underclassmen, but, but guys like Jaden in the class of 2019, it's a little bit too late for the majority of them. But uh, would that be safe to assume that he will take his five official visits to those schools on his list? Um, I would say, yeah, I would say that's that. I would say that's that, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, it make makes sense. And if, hey, if those schools are going to pay for you to come out and see them, you may as well take them up on it. Uh, Clint, as you would probably know, going and visiting a college campus for a weekend when you're in high school is a good time. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now it. Kentucky, at least we haven't heard about it. Has Kentucky officially offered yet? They kind of like to make that to be a little bit ceremonial. They like it to be a big deal when they offer. Uh, have they offered or have they mentioned when they maybe will make that official offer? Um, that's I haven't. We haven't even. Um, I think. I think they have. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, not a hundred percent sure if he wanted to go. Like yes, a situation yeah. where he, but it wasn't. I don't know. Like um, we're not the ones to be out here. Like, oh, are you going to officially offer? Yeah. So we could put it on Twitter or uh, all of that. Like I don't know. Like I know they came. Um, they're actively recruiting them. They seem like they really want them. So and that's the I thing. Mean, that's the thing, that's people. The, yeah. yeah. That's the thing people need to remember is that like. These Kentucky theoretically hasn't even offered Cole Anthony at this point. Like, obviously, they want these guys and their takes. They just like the offer to be a big, you know, to to mean something to the kids, and they want the kids to have those moments of being able to tweet it out and say, "Got my offer from Kentucky." It is clear that Kentucky likes Jaden McDaniels, wants Jaden McDaniels, even if they haven't officially made that offer yet. Uh, does Does Jaden know when he would like to get to Lexington? Have you talked with him about that at all? Um, I. Family's in the process right now. Okay. Uh, figuring that out, uh, uh, figuring that part out um, as far as visits and everything with all of the schools on his on his final five. So I know that I know that'll be squared away here pretty sure. soon. Awesome. What what would you tell Jaden? Like, hey, when you go to these places, this is what I would look out for if I were you. This is what would this is what you should to be on the you know be on the lookout for. This is the things that should matter to you when it comes to your college experience. Uh, I think the biggest thing for I think just just reminding them that you, you got to write down the pros and the cons of every school. You got to look at the style of play. You got to, and then being able to ask the coach that um, like to show like show it on film, like how they see you fitting in and, and how they've used players similar to you in the past. That's something for me that's big, and just um, really getting a feel for seeing practice and all these places like what it's going to be like when, when when like for the guys that are there you know like every day being able to ask questions because on a visit it's a visit so of course it's all dressed up and it's a certain way because yeah you're bringing you in for 48 hours 72 hours um to be able to secure your commitment you know so they're going to show you a good time but after that when you get there it's going to be advice not going to be a, like a visit every day it's going to be work yeah. And so that's what you got to go in there with the mindset of and go there for basketball and see what the see what the um see what it's like as a basketball player where where you're going to ask questions. 
that's what I always say. The biggest thing everyone people get caught up in, oh, you want to take a visit during a football game? No, nah, that's cool, but you ain't going to play football. You're going to play basketball, so that's what's important. That is great advice, and uh, that any player that you tell that to, I think they're gonna they're gonna be good. They're gonna be well off heading to their their official visits. And we're talking with Clint Parks on Twitter at Brotherhood zero five. Make sure you're following him, Brotherhood zero five, for updates on Jaden McDaniel's and uh, just a, a lot of the, the the people that they they oversee in their training and their development. I, I've seen you have tweeted a lot about Tiger Woods and golf. Will you be watching the Ryder Cup this weekend? And who's your who's your pick? Do you like Team Europe or Team America to to win it? I'll be sneaking in. I'll be I'll be I'll, I'll be catching the peak here and there when I have time. And man, I would love to see the Team USA um, get the job done. We all know they've struggled against Europe lately. So hopefully, hopefully Tiger gives them the USA team a shot of energy and. Um, they can get it done this weekend. Yeah, they haven't won in Europe in like 20 or since the 80s. It's been a long time since they've been able to win on European so- soil. But then again, Tiger Woods hasn't been this good in a really long time. And what a scene it would be if he were to be able to close it out on Sunday and, and bring the Ryder Cup back home to America. Yeah, that would be big time. Okay. I think sports and sports as a whole is, is, is better off when Tiger is um, playing at the level that he played this past weekend. And I think he's made it clear to his competitors um seen an interview yesterday you guys have said you guys have joked about wanting to compete against me well you guys got it now so let's see let's go ahead and do it did you you see his mount rushmore of top uh top golfers in in the game in the history of golf i loved it and he saved the best for last it was and me what a badass move yeah. to just have the balls to go up there and be like yeah this guy's great this guy's great i put him on my list oh and then lastly me duh He's not wrong. Yeah. 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 That was classic Tiger. Just, I mean, to see that confidence back was, was big time. Yep. He is back, and I love it. And uh, and I've, I've enjoyed your retweets of, of Tiger Woods. It's getting me even more pumped up for this weekend. But I enjoy all your stuff you post on all your athletes, especially Jaden McDaniels. He's one of the more versatile and maybe one of the more entertaining players to watch in the class of 2019. And, and Clint, we really appreciate your insight on his recruitment and, and where things stand. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. Clint Parks, CPSA Training. Just hold on, coming home. All right, I appreciate Clint Parks coming on and talking about Jaden McDaniels with us. I'll say this. I, when asked about that offer, I, I, I like Clint, and I and, and uh, I look forward to talking with him more. It, it seemed like a little weird. It seemed like there was maybe something there that he wanted to say that maybe he couldn't say, but I will just say this, and I said it in the interview. Whether or not Kentucky has offered somebody or not really just doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. If they really like a guy and they're going and visiting him and doing this and doing that and they're setting up visits, which I think you're going to hear about a visit with Jaden McDaniels not too far off, then they, they like the dude. Offers don't really matter. But I, I just found that part of the of the interview interesting, but I found Very the whole thing interesting. So. Interesting. All right, let's go to some of your questions that we uh, – on, on, if, if you're wondering, how do I get my questions in? Sometimes on Tuesday nights, when I don't forget, I'll tweet out, hey, we're recording Hardly Committed tomorrow. Get your questions in. And people will do that. So that's how you do it. What do we got? Um, so Philip and T. Wilson, they both ask they, – they, there's some feel there will be a 2020 to reclassify to 2019. Do we have any idea who that could potentially be? One more time on the question. 2020 guy we're classifying to 19. Yeah, Dante's the guy that I've been heard, hearing, but it's that stuff is so hard to yeah. predict because these kids might be working towards it right now, but they're not going to say it 
because you just you don't do that. If it doesn't work out, then people, why why didn't it work out? Were you not smart enough to finish your, you know, just stupid stuff like that. So uh, Dante is the one that I've heard the most about, but it could be it could be a, a variety of guys. And the thing is, Kentucky's setting themselves up in a position right now where they're really not going to need somebody to reclassify, assuming that they can get uh, some of the bigs that are on their list, and I think they will. Um, Phil also asked, other than Zion Harmon, who from Kentucky is on the Cats' radar? And before you answer, I would just say, why do we really think Zion Harmon's on Kentucky? Yeah, radar? I don't even know if Zion Harmon's on Kentucky. I mean, I guess he's on the radar. He's good enough, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff surrounding that kid that yeah. usually is a red flag for Cal. Well, and, you know, it's just – well, they've had plenty of time to let those things play out and see how they all right. shake out, and they're and they're going to do just that. But, no, not really. I, I mean, mean, with guys in Kentucky, it's just kind of a wait-and-see approach, and I mean, guess what? Dante Allen didn't emerge until basically his last summer. Yeah. I mean, people knew about him last year during the high school basketball season, people mm-hmm. that follow high school basketball season. But even then, it was kind of like a, well, you know, he's going to need to blow – he's going to even need to take it to another level – for him to get Kentucky's interest. And then he has a huge AU. Kentucky loses a commitment from DJJ. You know, they needed right. some wings, and they just said, hell, let's get them on board. Let's let's not add any mystery to this, and they got them. But you remember Dominic Hawkins. If Dominic Hawkins doesn't have that huge Sweet 16 run during his senior year, he didn't end up at Kentucky. So with Kentucky players, it's a wait-and-see approach, and it's just too early to say right now. Sir tweets a lot, says, I've never seen this many legitimate big man options since Cal's been in UK. My question isn't who will be most likely to commit, but who would be the best fit out of all these options in the 2019 class if Cal had his pick to construct this class? It's kind of fun. Like, it's it's kind of like a build-your-own adventure. Like, you, you can go a lot of different ways with this class. I always would like to start this one with Oscar Shoeway, just because that energy and effort is going to make so many people better in practices, including the other bigs, including the guards, and just a player that's not going to quit. And I think it's so important for people to have players like that. So Oscar Shubway is a guy that I would really, really want in my class. So there would be some muscle. And then after that, between James Wiseman, Vernon Carey, and Isaiah Stewart, if you could get one of those guys, you're in a really good spot. Now, Which one would you pick, though? If I had to pick between those, I think I'd go Vernon Carey, if I had to pick. So let's say you went Vernon Carey and Oscar Shubway. A lot, a lot of muscle. Uh, rebounding isn't going to be an issue. Interior scoring isn't going to be an issue. Boy, would that set up nicely for a player like Matthew Hurt then. And if you got those three, Ooh. would your front court be a little thin if there was foul trouble or injuries? Yeah. Would you maybe want to add another body or, or look at maybe if somebody wanted to reclassify in that you wouldn't have to put a ton of pressure on? Maybe. But, man, those three guys, I don't know how you guard them. Because inside you're just going to get killed, and then you have a guy that can probably shoot over 40% from three in Matthew Hurt – It'd be tough to build around. Uh, it'd be tough to stop. Now you can go in some other directions. What if they don't get an Oscar Shoeboy? Uh, all right, then see if you can get two of Isaiah Stewart, Vernon Carey, and James Wiseman. Boom! There's your talent. There's your muscle. There's your rebounding. And then, but if you get, like the the only combination I don't think works perfectly is like a James Wiseman, Matthew Hurt. Both those guys are going to want to play outside. Not enough meat on those and exa- Yeah, so yeah. you can go a lot of different directions. But I always like to build with Oscar Shubway, and then you can add shooters around him. You can add other interior scorers. He would be your heart and energy, and then you can get skill set from where you want to go from there. Boom. All right, two more questions. Uh, Zach asks, he said, Hey, TJ, with some of the 2020 in-home school visits happening, why didn't Cal and company offer Jalen Green when they went to see him? 
Uh, Jalen Johnson got one. RJ Hampton and Green seem to like the idea of possibly teaming up. And UK is all over Hampton. Kentucky does their offers in mysterious ways. I, I, you know, I, I don't uh, – I don't have a great answer for <laughs> yeah. you for why they didn't. It's and, very, I'll, and I'll say this. I swear I think sometimes they go out there and they're like, listen, we're offering you, but will you just hold off on announcing it until you know we're right? And I don't know why they would do that. I need to find that seems out. Seems a little arbitrary. Yeah, and if they don't even do that, they at least go out there and they're like, we want you, and we would love to have you, and you'd be a great fit for us, even though they don't make the formal offer. I, They must have some science behind them that, that, that says – we're going to extend this offer when we think it's going to mean the most to you. Like when we think it's going to hit home. A guy like Jalen uh, Johnson, he visited he visited Big Blue Madness last year. Like mm-hmm. Kentucky already has a pretty damn good relationship with that dude. But maybe R.J. Hampton gets it when he's in town for Big Blue Madness. You know, I, I, I don't know why the rhyme or reason for when they extend offers, but it seems like they really want to make a splash. And then Pat asked, does the football success help basketball recruiting? No. 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 Do you I think mean, Kentucky could, had two intense seasons and John Calipari is getting number one classes and winning titles and doing do that you, stuff? Do you think it helps if they're on campus and the Cats win a big football game, though? Yeah. You are starting to hear, and you heard it in the Clint Parks interview, but you are starting to hear more like coaches, players, parents be like, you know, James Wiseman's mom said the same thing. We don't care about football. We're not going there to watch football. I do think it helps. It creates more of like a, this is this is our fan base. And right now they're cheering on the football team, but guess what? In a, in a month or two, they're going to be cheering on the basketball team. And you're going to get to be a part of this just in a different level. I, it's, I, if I, first off, if I was a recruit, if I was a recruit's parent, if I was a coach bringing in recruits, I would want the football game to be there. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. something to, to do. It's something to check out, especially when the team's good. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a good look when Kentucky was bringing recruits to the Vandy game with 20 people there. They didn't, right. you know, they yeah. didn't bring them there. Uh, you had to kind of avoid that. Now, you could always make up excuses. Oh, we're going to practice it this time. We can't go. But um, it doesn't help, but it certainly doesn't hurt. There was um, an anecdote that's semi-related that Terry Wilson shared yesterday where he never, when he was being recruited, you know, it was late in the year, so he never got to go to a Pat Kroger field. But he was like, yeah, I went to a volleyball game, and the place was nuts. He was like, oh, man, these people don't mess around. He's like, that's when I knew that we could have packed stadiums like we had Saturday night. Yeah. All right, no other questions you want to get to? We had a lot this week. Well, but a lot of them are office-related. Okay, so head on over to the Annex is what you're saying. Well, and let's be honest, I'm I'm most comfortable in the Annex. Well, let me also say this, by the way. I was talking with somebody close to Kentucky. They still feel like they've got a pretty good chance at Matthew Hurt and, and James Wiseman. I just want to make that clear. And I want to kind of break down how these things go. Different recruiters have different kids. There is a sense of this is my job to get these guys. I plan on getting these guys. What happens in these other recruitments? I don't care. That's not my job. My job is to get these guys. So you've got all these coaches kind of doing their own thing, and who comes together first, who commits first, that's probably going to determine how these dominoes start to start to fall, and I, and I find that stuff really, really fascinating. But uh, the Matthew Hurt recruitment, we don't talk about him a ton. I'm just saying don't give up hope for him. He's going to be visiting officially on Big Blue Madness. That's going to be a big weekend for him. I think he really just likes the idea of being a U.K. basketball player, and uh, I, I think he knows he could he could thrive in Lexington. So I still think there's a chance they get him. Between all the bigs, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out for Kentucky. They're not going to come up empty-handed, but they are. But even U.K. staff is kind of unclear how it will shake out. People say, do they have a master plan? Do they? Well, 
they feel like they're going to get these guys, but there's no there's no lock that they get this guy, that guy, and that guy. They like all of them, and they'll just see uh, who wants to jump on the, the their offers first. All right, let's head on over to the annex now. All right, welcome to the Annex. We're back. We're back. Woo! The Fire episode. A great episode, as always. Did you always. like that intro there by the LSU band? I loved it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, a UK band, stop playing Lady Gaga and get to the office, you know? Yeah. Just kidding. It's what everybody wants. But for like five years, they only did play Lady Gaga. I like Lady Gaga. Yeah, not like at a football game. I mean, maybe every once in a while, but like, yeah, you're right. Not all the time. No, like when, you know, Kentucky would get a touchdown, I didn't want to hear, like, poker face. That doesn't get you fired up? Hey, by the way, Gabe does poker face in the office. Yeah. Yeah. He dresses up as Lady Gaga. Right. Which is weird. A lot of of guys dress up as girls in Lady Gaga, or in in the office. Yeah, because I I got... Oscar one year is just a girl. Which, by the way, we timed this out perfectly where the Halloween episode is in the first weekend of October. Oh, yeah. Which, folks, if you didn't know this, TJ, big Halloween guy. Huge. Got the decorations out yesterday. Excited about that. House is looking good. No outside decorations yet. But uh, but the inside is starting to look pretty spooky around the Walker household. So that's exciting. We'll talk about the office Halloween next week. This week it's The Fire. Uh, another classic episode. Season 2 just full of them. And uh, really just an enjoyable, enjoyable episode. Oh, it's great. Especially um, we get Michael really just his arrogance, blind arrogance at his finest. And, like, there's nothing, there's no reason behind it. He's trying to give Ryan all these life lessons, but he really just doesn't have any. He's just making them up as he goes. Adapt, react, readapt, apt. Yeah. Yeah, he just, uh, he, I, I, w- I wish Ryan would come back and be like, wait, what was number one? Like, when they're in the car together, <laughs> yeah. he's like, what was number one again? Because Michael would have no clue what it was. Right. Uh, by the way, when they're in the car together, one of my favorite scenes. You know, he's, basically, it turns into, like, He's trying to teach him stuff, and then it turns into him just venting about friends. And Ryan's like, "I'm really uncomfortable. Can we get out, or can we get some fresh air?" And Michael's like, "No, no, we're good." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, do we want to just talk about the episode first before we get to questions? Yeah, because I have some observations, and one thing I'm very proud of is that once the fire happens and everybody gets out, naturally Dwight's like panicking, uh, you know. Gotta stay Dwight alive. and Angela, they want everybody to be, you know, what's funny is like they're telling people to calm down. And then in the other episode where Stanley gets a heart attack, everybody just goes freaking wild. And, um, you know, the weird thing about this one, though, it was the smoke that really set them off in that one in the stress relief episode. Mm-hmm. There was smoke in the kitchen on this one from the cheesy pita. Yeah, it wasn't as much, though. I will say that. Like the last one, it was like pouring in through a hallway. So I, I could I could see why. a lot of smoke here. Yeah, a decent amount of smoke. Um, but when they go outside, they've got to count off. And uh, Michael's like, obviously, I'm one. What I know where you're going with here. I noticed the same and thing. And Ryan says, number two. And he goes, no, he can be 14. Marjorie isn't here today. Who's Marjorie? Never heard of Marjorie before. Marjorie's the girl that we were talking about last episode. That was like, she's just a person that we don't really, she doesn't say anything. She's just kind of there. 
She is kind of there. And uh, the, the guy that gets fired next week. Devin. Devin, is, is, you see him in the background. He's wearing shades. Looks really cool. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't get to know Devin. Yeah, but Creed is definitely better than Devin. How do, but how do we know that? We never got to know Devin. And Devin offers to take everybody out for drink. Well, we'll get to that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to yeah. the, we'll get to that next week. <laughs> I I do I, I I am partial for Creed, obviously, but uh, you know Devin gone too soon. Marjorie never even got to know her. Hardly knew her. Hardly kn- Com- committed to knowing her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the fire happens. We get another Amy Adams appearance. Ooh. Can we can we can we Pam shame? Uh, we're already going to Pam shame? Pam sucks. <laughs> she is the worst and, in this And one. my wife, yesterday, when we were watching the episode, she was like, you're just going to go on there and bash Pam. But Jim is in the wrong here. Jim has her call, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God forbid you get the office number to him. And she calls one time. One time. What? And I don't like to use the B word, but Pam's being a brat here. A big brat. Because she one time she calls and she's like, hey, Jim, just give her your extension. No. I don't. What if I don't want her calling all the time, and you could tell her I'm not here? No. But in all seriousness, it's one freaking time, Pam. Chill out. And then I hate the look. First off, the, Pam oh, tells I her. Know, to, I know what you're talking about. Pam tells it's in the back of my yeah. brain right now. I'm just seeing that look on her face. Pam tells her to to tells Jim to suck one, suck one of what? You're engaged. All right. So chill out, Pam. Secondly, as soon as Katie. Amy Adams says that. Uh, Legally Blonde is one of her top five movies. Pam just... Pam, like, knows in her brain, she's like, oh, she's not a threat anymore. And what does she do? She goes back to just kind of being normal. I'm Pam. I get to tease myself over you, Jim. And she kisses Roy. Just a big fat one. Just a big fat one. Just making out with him. Yeah. Just gross. Absolutely disgusting. Pam, you're the worst. You know, you know what? You should be kissing your fiance. What you shouldn't be doing is telling uh, your crush well, to no. suck one and to get mad because his girlfriend, who you are not, you know, you have your own relationship. You shouldn't get mad that she's calling the office. The only time she's ever affectionate towards Roy is whenever she knows she can rub it in Jim's face. And that's a shitty thing to do. What a brat. It's a shitty thing An to do. An absolute brat. But um, I, I did. What do we think Katie's other Desert Island movies would have been? She was legally blonde, probably like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Um, what was a really bad like uh, Clueless? Clueless wouldn't be a uh, that that wouldn't be a bad one. Bring It On would have been on there without Ooh, a doubt. Yeah, she was a cheerleader. Yeah. Bring It On would be on there certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Piss off. Who cares? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we beat you guys like forty to nothing. Roy's such a bro. Roy'd be fun to hang out with. Yes, I would enjoy having a cold one with Roy. All right, Roy, you get to do a podcast on whatever you want to do a podcast with. You can have Jim or Roy be your co-podcast host. Who are you taking? See, I think Roy would be more fun to hang out with. Jim would be a good co-host because he would have quips. You know what I mean? Like, he would at least have, like, some sarcastic quips. But, like... Yeah, it's a good point. Good you point. Know. You might have talked me out of Roy. Roy is just, I think, he'd be a better dude to chill with. Oh, definitely. Definitely. A lot more fun. Especially, like, uh, which, was it last week on the sexual harassment where they're just, like, making fun of Michael? Yeah. Like, it, that takes a, a good amount of charisma to just make fun of your boss. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also, quickly, back to the Desert Island. I, I would like to commend Dwight Schrute because when he's picking his books, he says a Harry Potter book. And one of which 
He picked the right one. He picked Prisoner of Azkaban. That is the correct answer for best Harry Potter book. And movie, too. Uh, I started reading the Harry Potter books when I was in fifth grade. Haven't finished yet. <laughs> they kept giving me headaches, so I stopped. Oh. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Have seen the movies, though. Uh, Harry Potter's all right. It's it's like a child's Game of Thrones, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to downplay it as much as you are, but you're not really. You're been- Where's where's the nudity? Where, where's the teenage nudity? <laughs> Need more of that. That's a joke, everybody. Do we want to get Do we want to get into some questions? Because obviously Ryan started the fire. It was always burning in the world. Ryan started the fire. Ryan the cheesy pita. The fire. Dwight uh, feel you know this is where Michael's love really starts to take off for Ryan because he like finds out how smart he is. Oh, why are people moving away from the Microsoft model? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know what the Microsoft model is. Is it cheaper to hire a uh, new client? or? Well, that one Michael should have known as a business Michael should have known He should have known <laughs> yeah. that one. I get not knowing the Microsoft model, yeah. but like, come on, dude. Hey, it's National Pancake Day today. Oh. UK's tweeting out that it's Pancake Day. I'm, that's making me hungry. You know who it's going to be Pancake Day for on Saturday? Logan Stenberg. Woo! Go Cats. Nom, 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 nom. All right, uh, let's go to some questions. Uh, who would likely start a fire first? This is from our friend uh, Barstool Riggs. You, TJ, or me? Obviously Nicholas. you. Yeah. Not even close. Uh, a, the reason why it's me is because I'm a big bring my lunch guy. Like, <laughs> even when I go to, like yesterday, I was in Lexington all day. Did you go to KS Bar with your own little packed lunch? Yeah, we have uh, these little, they're like mini <laughs> crock pots. So I, I stick my, uh, my my fried rice in there, and then I plugged it in before I went to practice. When I got back, I had a nice, warm fried rice and veggies. That's pretty genius, to be honest with you. I was like sitting here being like, all right, where, what road am I going to go down here to make fun of Nick? You know what? Good for you. Good, save some cash. And it's, it's, Although, why are we not eat eating K- free at KS Bar? If you eat at KS Bar bullshit. all the time, too, it's just very, very fattening. Well, they have they have healthy options. Yeah, but like all the time, you know, you're going to get want to get the good stuff. You do want to get the good stuff. Sweet potato fries. Why Ooh. aren't we eating for free? I don't know. That's a good question. Drew's not eating for free, and he's there all the time. Also, it, as far as yeah, but it goes back too, into Drew's pocket. I'm a I'm a big fan of just building fires and looking at them. Yeah, like the you backyard. are. Big pirate. You're also the guy that on the radio show said that you used to take moths and throw them into spider webs to watch spiders eat them. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty fucked up, did Nick. You do, did you do the I axe mean, can thing? No. I, oh, yeah. I burned the hair off my knuckle quite a bit in my in my youth. Yeah, so there's your answer. De- definitely me. Nick's De- a psychopath. Nick, Nick is definitely a fire guy. All right. Um, Jake, I mean, he says, am I the only one who doesn't think Pam deserved Jim? If you've listened to the last 10 minutes, of course you're not. If alone. you've listened to us ever talk about The Office... Uh, you know what? I'm not even sure if Jim does. Those two, those two are are kind of miserable, if you ask me. <laughs> they are. I'm I'm sick of their love story. If you want a good love story in the office, you've got to you've you've got to go to Kelly and Ryan. Those two are the only ones that truly they were love they each were other. made for each yep. other. What else we got? Um, somebody asked uh, Big Blue Steve if Pam was really fired. Wait. That's in the Halloween episode when he's going to fire somebody. Yeah. You're one week ahead, Steve. That'll be for next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll come back to you. That's, that's a very good question, though. Um, somebody else asked, um, to- Toby is the Scranton Strangler, right? I don't think he is. I don't know. I mean, he can't be on, like... Oh, oh, and also in this episode, the Who Would You Do, where Pam is too big of a baby to say Jim, 
Uh, she said she mentions Toby. She was, she's like, Oscar's kind of cute. <laughs> oh, of course. And then she's like, Oh, oh, Toby. Which you can't play the Who Would You Do with. Uh, you can't do that with off people you work people with. People you know, so... like you say it, like may, like maybe if we were Game of Thrones, yeah, you know, you do the FMK, but like you don't, not with people you know, like that's just so awkward, especially when Roy's like, "Who's that tight little Christian chick?" <laughs> yeah, that is. It's kind of hard wading through some of the questions that are recruiting versus. Uh, well, this is your. This is, you know. I know, but they're all uh, kind of out of order. So you, we have to play Desert Island, right? That's all right, process. let's play Desert Island. Um, it, it was five movies. Five movies. I'm not doing five movies. Let's just do three. Three movies. All right. Uh, Forrest Gump. Okay. Um. Ooh. All right, I'll go the Patriot. Okay. Big Patriot fan. Um, I'm going to say I've got to pick a rewatchable funny movie, so I'm just gonna Anchorman or Wedding Crashers. Uh, let's go with uh, Anchorman, just slapsticky. I'm going Wedding Crashers, much better than Anchorman, but uh, that's funny. Wedding Crashers is probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, and then what's your last one? I don't know. I don't know if I want to go sports movie or keep keep it funny. Okay. I'm a big fan of Dodgeball, but that can't be one of my Desert Island movies. So I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Friday Night Lights. I really like Friday Night Lights. Interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm going uh, going Batman and oh, Dark, Knight, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. No, yeah, it's it's got to be Dark Knight. Yes. Okay. Which one's the dark? Which one's Dark Knight Rises? That's the one with Bane. Bane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Dark Knight is Joker. In yeah, but, Dark Knight. Yeah, and by the Those way... Those are my three. We, do we have to have a new Joker every year? Like, just chill on the Jokers. Do we have to have a new superhero movie every two seconds? It's, it's At what point are they like, hey... Like, imagine just, like, petty theft in a city. At that point, it's like... I mean, imagine being a policeman in a city. You'd be like, I have no power here. Like, if anything ever gets out of control, then just, you know, Batman's going to come flying through and handle this shit. Like, I'm just, I'm worthless. <laughs> like, think, you know. It's All they're not... going to do is just try to kill me for some sort of plot to get to the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we don't need to do books because reading's for rich kids. And we would probably just say, like, I'm on the fifth Game of Thrones book now, and it's phenomenal. The fourth one, Feast for Crows, my goodness, it is awful. No wonder you hate Samuel Tarly so much. Yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, insufferable. Uh, all right, what else is uh, Desert Island? Books? Uh, yeah, they did. Let's both. just do two books. Just two books? Yeah. I, I would probably do Azkaban and Fifth uh, Game of Thrones. But. Yeah, the uh, uh, King. The what's the King one? Game of Thrones one? Uh, Clash of Kings. Clash of Kings, really good. That's really good too. But really, a Dance of Dragons, really, really, really good. Yeah, I uh, but I would take Prince of Tides. Ever read that? What is that? Uh, I think it's a Pat Conroy book. Hmm. Oh. But uh, that is really, really good. That is fantastic. And then... Oh, my holes. gosh. No, digging up, up holes, digging. Uh, but I would take a... Um, oh, my gosh. Kite Runner. Ever read Kite Runner? No. Kite Runner never heard of it. is really, really good. Uh, Prince of Tides, Kite Runner. Two really good books. Uh, they are... They're fiction, mm-hmm. but they are inspiring and they're entertaining and they are quick reads and really enjoyable. So, uh, Kite Runner is by Khalid Hassani. Oh, okay. Pat nice. Conroy for Prince of Tides, Kite Runner, because like, people are going to tweet me and be like, I love those books. You're right about that. Yeah. And honestly, I've, I would probably just do like one of the HST uh, 
compilations instead of Harry Potter because I know what happens in Harry Potter. All right, who would you like to go on a date with, Office Edition? Oh, Office Edition? We won't do who would you do because we have a little class. Yeah, we do have a little class. Um, who would be the most fun? I feel like Meredith would be a fun date. It'd be a party. Whoa. It'd be a party. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. You went down like a- that. Angela would be boring as hell. Pam would just be a tease the whole time. Um, Give me a Karen a Filippelli. Oh, I forgot about blast. Karen. Yeah, Karen's the winner. Yeah. yeah, that's the correct answer. Ooh. I was thinking of season two. Jan could give you a fun night. Man, that would be a wild mind game. That'd be a ride I wouldn't survive. <laughs> you could you could make a song about it. That's right. That one <laughs> night, you, you made, made everything all right. All right, that's it for Hardly Committed. That's it. Thanks for the tweets into the show. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and download and do all that fun stuff. And we'll be back next week with more recruiting talk. We'll have to recap those visits by Isaiah Stewart and Oscar Shubwe. And who knows, maybe this time next week we're talking about a Scotty Lewis. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay?